today on CityCast Boise. Whether you're new to town or a jaded old-timer looking to rekindle the spark, lead producer Frankie Barnhill and newsletter editor Blake Hunter are here to help me write a Valentine's Day card to Boise that will help you fall head over heels for the city of trees. It's Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. All right, we're going to talk about how we fell in love with Boise and Blake. Frankie, thank you for being here. Hey, Emma. Good morning, Emma. I'm so excited. Blake, why don't you just start us off and first let us know, how long have you been here? Did you grow up in Boise? No, I grew up in Southern Idaho, which is kind of the first thing that I thought of when like I thought of falling in love with Boise was kind of like the foothills and like trails because growing up, I'm in like a running family. And so we would always come up to like the big city and use the foothills and trails and stuff like that. But I transferred colleges to Boise State in 2018. And so I was there for a full four years. And that is actually kind of what made me fall in love with Boise as like my own person, like outside of my family. And I I kind of can't believe that I'm saying that because like now going on to Boise State, it's difficult because I spent so many years on campus and I worked on campus two jobs like the whole time. So I was very ingrained in like the campus uh, culture and community. So I don't super associate with Boise State now, but I did really fall in love with it just because of like the people that I found. I worked a couple jobs on Boise at Boise State. And um, yeah, it was the first time that I really got ingrained in the community. And through Boise State, I kind of found my love for Boise as a, as a whole. I really relate to that because, you know, I was just down there with my kid a whole lot this last year because he started at BSU, uh, not to brag, made the dean's list. Super excited for him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when we went, were down there during orientation, because I went to Boise State for three years before I got knocked up with him. Um, and I kind of, when I was down there, expected to not really have much emotion about it. But there is nothing quite like Boise State in the fall. Like, it is such a beautiful campus in the fall. Very and we true. walked around down there mm. and I was like walking around bawling my kid was very embarrassed of me because I was just like walking around tearing up just feeling like it's such a gorgeous campus and it is really filled with a lot of like wonderful unique amazing people too so I could totally see that being like a a, an origin story for falling in love with Boise yeah that's very um I want to make it very clear not to be mean but it is like the people that I (laughs) fell in love with I like my boss that I worked for um or like my manager field yeah my my manager got me my single piece of merch like Boise State merch that I own and it's gray she was like I picked out a non-blue and a non-orange item for you and I was like thank you you know me I never I never would have thought that I would connect with Boise State really like any in any way since I didn't graduate honestly same but yeah my my son got me a blue and orange sweater and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a Boise State mom now. I'm in it. I'm in <laughs> The blue and orange is where I draw the line, but yeah. <laughs> I love the people. <laughs> Blake, it's so interesting too that you fell in love with the people and the, the culture, the specific slice of culture at Boise State. It's a yeah. huge university, obviously. There's a lot of different ways you can exist as a student there, I would imagine. But, you know, it was a commuter school and it was a junior college and people didn't have a culture like it's been a very intentional uh, culture building in the last several decades, even the yeah. last couple decades. And, and so to hear that 
in recent time, because you're, you're a recent graduate, that you actually felt that, that there was this different ways to exist on campus, not just one way, one culture to be part of, but you found one that fits you or that fit you. Yeah, and it's definitely kind of a hodgepodge of like, a lot of the closest people that I knew were still commuting. Like it's in many ways, sure. it's still a commuter school. But I was lucky to like, I never lived on campus. Um, and so that was actually a big worry when I first started there was it was really difficult to like get involved in the community, but eventually just kind of like found my way. I love that about it being a commuter school, because when I went there, you know what, that was actually part of the reason it was a very special experience for me was I was an 18 year old you know, and uh, but then like my best friend in English 102 was like a 48 year old mother of three. And, you know, like you yeah. would make these like yeah. across generation friendships at BSU, which I always felt like was actually kind of the specialness of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I will say there's a little bit less of that and more of just like not to feed into the stereotype, but like absolutely if I was in a class where I didn't already know people I genuinely seem assumed that most students were from California. Like it was it was kind of a wild in my first couple of years there. I was just like, wow, this is way realer than I thought. Um, and then, of course, like you start caring less and less yeah. about that. My kids next year, two of my kids are going to be living on campus next year. I think that seems like mm. a really fun way to go to BSU. Like you said, you you know, we both kind of missed out on that experience. And I always yeah. felt like I bet that's really fun because it's right by the river and it's so beautiful. And, you know, I bet that's a really cool way to go to BSU. Well, what about you, Frankie? Well, uh, don't have to go very far from Boise State, actually, to, think, to find the thing that I fall in love with over and over again. Uh, this is the thing I use the most in Boise when I was reflecting on this. I literally visit this place every single day. And if I would ever leave Boise, it will be the number one thing I miss. And it is the Boise Greenbelt. I just don't think we can overstate how special it is and how much foresight was put in in like the late 60s and early 70s, so decades ago, um, to create this thing that runs on the north and south side of the Boise River for more than 20 miles on both sides, uh, largely paved. And, you know, when I just think about it, it's like I go there every day because I walk my dog there every day, but I also walk myself. (laughs) Like it's my meditation place. It's where I just like take in. Honestly, it's a lot of people watching like everybody uses the green belt, Um, all ages, uh, all all sizes, all abilities. Um, It just feels like this place that, uh, yeah, is so special. And you don't find this in other cities like um, there's, you know, there's, you know, other like Greenway in Minneapolis is pretty impressive along the Mississippi River. And there's other cities even in Idaho that have uh, paths similar. But I just feel like something about the Greenbelt, how it's maintained. But then it's just like oh, families and dogs and there's people on scooters, there's people on bikes, there's people walking, they're going slow, they're going fast, all of it. I've had artist friends from all over the place who tour internationally, who have been to some of the most beautiful places in the world, lose their minds when I show them the green belt. Like people who've come for festivals or shows or whatever, and then we go for a walk on the green belt and like then they spend their entire trip down there. They go, they're like, oh, I was back at the green belt. I was yeah. on the green belt again. And you're right. Like the only city I've ever seen with e- something even like in America anyway, even comparable is Minneapolis does have a beautiful park system, yep. like a long or large stretch like that. But really a special kind of amazing thing. 
Yeah. And it just connects. It connects not just Boise, but Eagle. And, you know, it's Garden City. It's all of it. And each community kind of has its own take on the green belt a little bit and has its own history. And, you know, there's when you think about it, like so many things that are like quintessential Boise, like Anne Frank Memorial along the green belt, um, you know, all of our parks, uh, Julia Davis, the band shell, the, you know, Anne Morrison, like all these places um, that we love for their own sake, they're located by the green belt. And that's not a coincidence. It's like really special. And it, it's one of those things, again, I just, whenever I leave here, I'm like, where's the city's yeah. equivalent? It's like, <laughs> you don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't. Yeah. I, I really like what you said about it. Like it's, it's really hard to overstate. Yeah. And it's still, and it's such a friendly place still too. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not looking for everybody to say hi to me because sometimes I don't need you oh, to, yeah. but like the smiles that people pass, like people acknowledge each other when they, you know, for the most part, people are still good about saying on your left when you're going faster on a bike, going around. And it feels like that's a very Boise thing to me. Yeah. Um, and people love it and they respect it for the most part too. I, my one gripe is that the Boise like road running community needs to make races that are not on the green belt. Oh. And I think I like there's the zeitgeist and there's a couple other ones, but like a few years ago I ran a marathon and it was completely on the green belt. And I right. was just like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. We've <laughs> like, it takes up a lot of valuable space. And I think that the racing community needs to expand a little bit more. This is like a community amenity. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there are days I'm not a runner, so I come across and I'm like, oh, dang it, there's a race today. I can't use yeah, the green belt. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about the extension because, you know, we moved from the bench over to West Boise. Nothing, oh, yeah. nothing like that out here. <laughs> you know, there's like, right. I've actually really struggled to find good places to walk over here because it's suburban hellscape, you know, for as far as you can see. So there's not really a ton of great walking paths over here. There's a couple, but you kind of have to get out like to Lake Lowell or whatever on this end. Eventually, that would be amazing to see if people would like call for it and ask for it. And if we could get it sort of extended around the city so that it was more inclusive to all the areas, that would be so cool. Yeah. And just to think again about it buffers the the river. And so even though like in Garden City, we've seen development come right up against it, even still, the Greenbelt is what separates you from the river. And so it still is creating this public space, this public pathway, even in these prime uh, really what we've seen become really expensive places to live in recent years, um, which I think, again, super valuable and cannot be even quantified. I thought about this a lot because I have fallen in and out of love with Boise. Boise and I are in an, in an old marriage. You know, <laughs> we have been, <laughs> been yep. together 30 odd years and uh, we've really we've been through some things. But um uh, when I was uh, very young, uh, after I got knocked up, we moved away. And, you know, I spent uh, seven, eight years living away from Boise, living all over the country. I mean, Alaska, Alabama, Arizona, California, Tennessee, Mississippi, Michigan. Like, I have lived all over the country. And when I left, I was, like, such a crappy teenager about it, right? Like, I was like, I never want to come back here. I hate the high mountain desert. It's so ugly here. Like, I, I was like, I don't want to live around. Like, I have a huge family here. I couldn't wait to escape them and the small town I was from. You know, I just could not wait to leave. And then I lived all over the place. And um, in 2007, um, 
I was living in Arizona in this sort of near Flagstaff by the Grand Canyon, very deserty, and I had two little kids pregnant with a third. And then we moved back to Boise because I was pregnant. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I need to go back and be by my family. And when we came back, I had this this experience that I still remember. Um, I have three sisters, and we all had kids at the same time. And when I right when I moved back, we took all of our kids together to the MK um, Nature Center. A big part of their thing is like showcasing local flora and fauna and being like, oh, this is the fish that live around here. Here are the this, this types of sagebrush. And I was walking around just like weeping from how like homesick I had been. And I had never really wanted to admit it, you know, because I was the only kid that moved away, really. And I was just really like, I'm never coming back here, nerds. And then my kids were running around with their cousins. And I was sort of like, I grew up like fishing and hunting and stuff a lot. And I was really like, oh, my God, I was so moved because it was like the salmon, the steelhead, you know, like all these everything was there that like I had grown up around. And I was just walking around the MK Nature Center eight months pregnant, sobbing my eyes out. My sister's like, you're so weird. And uh, and for me, that spot has always been like I my the MK Nature Center is a big piece of um, I mean, kind of what you were talking about with the green belt and. Uh, I just feel like it's such a special little encapsulation of what this area feels like to live in. And when you've lived like in deep south Mississippi and it's flat and there's not a single mountain and there's no sagebrush, it's a really it was a really big culture shock, but also like nature shock to be in a totally different environment. And I really missed it here. And so I think I don't know. I think that specific spot has been like a really special you know, whenever I'm feeling like pretty low or whatever, I'll, I'll even now just go back and kind of walk around there and look at the fish, you know, look at the riffles, Yeah. <laughs> check out, check out all the displays. I just, and I think that's such a cool spot. Like Boise is such a wonderful spot to raise kids. It really is. I've been so lucky to have, I have a huge community here and that was part of why, like coming back, I fell in love with Boise. I have since then fallen out of and fallen back in love with Boise several times. But uh, yeah, but I think it's a really special spot that way. Yeah, that is a really special spot. I have a love, a lot of love for that too, because I, again, I used to live very close to that area. And yeah, that area and that stretch of Greenbelt around it, I agree. It just feels very kind of quintessential, like central Boise. Yeah. When I came back was so like, you know, I had been like, oh, I never want to live in the desert. And then when I came back, I was like, I think uh, like it's just in my bones. I'm just a desert kid. Like it's just when I was in Mississippi, I was like, oh, so you guys like never see the sky. So you just basically you're surrounded (laughs) by trees all the time and you never see the sky. And, you know, here you can just get out anywhere up in the foothills and just see for days and days. And I feel like that's a big part of it, too, is mm-hmm. that open air feeling. Boise has a lot of that. Yes. So let's give some suggestions for people. If you just moved here and maybe you're not connecting with it quite yet or you're not sure, you're like, well, that all sounds great. But like I've walked the green belt. I like it, but I haven't fallen in love yet. Where would you send somebody who just moved here to fall in love with Boise? Yeah, I'm going to send them. I'll go from outdoors to indoors because maybe, yeah, maybe you're more of an indoors person and that's totally fair. Um, You know what? Honestly, I would go over to the music mecca of Boise because Boise's music scene has many decades of history and uh, has been recognized in recent years for being, you know, a really uh, strong community for indie music. I would go to two places. I go to the Record Exchange and I'd just grab a coffee at the store right within the store. Um, and then 
I just spend some time like looking through all the Chotskys and the like <laughs> irreverent stuff that they have in their shop. And then also um, maybe make a friend with one of the one of the clerks and tell them about my music tastes and see if they have any recommendations. And honestly, I could spend hours and hours in the record exchange. I definitely have done that. And we should note, uh, I should note that the record exchange is one of the only independent record stores that has survived in the country. So it is really special. It's been around for more than 40 years. It's still going. April um, is uh, record record store day, and the line is always around the shop for record store day. And you can find your people. So if you like music at all, that's where I would go. And then you know maybe uh, wait a few hours, and there's probably going to be a show at the Neurolux right next door. Um, and I'd I'd go over to Neurolux and uh, grab a booth and sit down. And who knows who you might end up chatting with? But if nothing else, you'll have some good people watching and a good stiff drink from the bar if you want an alcoholic drink. And if not, you can ask for a non-alcoholic one and just hang out at the Lux. I mean, it's iconic for a reason, right? It's probably one of the first places I went to when I first moved here about 11 years ago. And I remember going to a show that was actually um, an artist from Minneapolis. That's where I'd come from. And I would go to much bigger venues, like three times the size to see this show. And I was like right in the front in this tiny little venue comparatively. And like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm like 10 feet away from this artist who I love. And uh, this venue is so welcoming and it feels so comfortable already. Yeah, the Neuralix and Record Exchange are great picks. Like the Neuralix has been such a huge part of my life, you know, from the time I was a teenager hanging out on the other side of the bar because I couldn't get in, you know, like, yes. <laughs> like hanging out outside, outside the patio, like with my older friends. And I've seen like bands there that are just like amazing, very famous. What the hell are they doing here bands? And then also like local right? bands that you cannot yeah. believe are just like buds of yours who are so ma- amazing and musically talented. So those are great. Those are great. What about you, Blake? One is Water Bear, um, just because it feels also kind of quintessentially Boise to me. There, it's just so green in there and kind of lush, and it feels like you're just like tucked away in a really special place. And they also have great selections of non-alcoholic drinks as well. And then the other place that I'll go, this is maybe just like my own thing, but whenever I travel other places, I always go to their bookstores. And of course there are other ones, but Rediscovered um, downtown is just like, uh, it just has my heart. And so I usually, I'll take people there. And then, you know, if you want to get food or something, you can just like stay there on 8th Street. It's fun to hang out there. There's a good variety of things to eat. Yeah, 8th Street has always been, um, like, when I was thinking about how I fell back in love, I almost said the Fountain at the Grove, because for my entire child, like, most of my childhood, that was what we would do, was hang out on the Grove. And then when I had kids, that's where I would take them, is to go play in the Fountain on the Grove, you know, and, like, yeah, just, like, always kind of a huge, but all of 8th Street, I love that they've closed it to cars, and they've made it, like, I think that that's perfect, that's what it always should have been, is, like, a really walkable, cute spot. I would, if it was me and I, somebody knew, I, I would take them to the Basque block. In fact, over the years, I have done that many times where like I had friends visiting and I would walk them over to the Basque block and they would be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I have some, I have quite a bit of Basque family uh, married in, I'm not Basque, but I have a lot of Basque family and 
you know, going to festivals down there. If you take somebody to Basque dancing on the weekend or something, um, take them to the Basque market. People are always like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. So, like, if you just moved here and you're like, I don't quite get it, like, grab something to eat at Bar Granica, go to the Basque market, sit uh, in front of the historic house and, or go to the museum, then sit on one of the benches and people walk watch, you know, in front of the historic house there. Like, it's a, it's a perfect little spot. You could spend, like, a good four or five hours there just kind of noodling around. Yes. I don't know how to say amen in Basque, but amen. <laughs> like, <laughs> always, always the Basque block. Yes. So what about, like we talked about, I have fallen in love and fallen out of love with Boise and fallen in love again. So what about people who are have been here a while and are kind of feeling jaded? It's been hard to watch like a lot of the changes. I was talking to somebody yesterday that said, you know, I was asking them, like, how did you fall in love with Boise? I wanted to get some other answers from people. And he was like, I don't, I'm so jaded. I feel so sick of Boise right now. So how would you help somebody fall back in love with Boise? I think a lot of the reason that people maybe are falling out of love with Boise and Idaho is this pretty dramatic shift politically to the right, um, or at least, you know, that getting more vocal. And so it can feel less and less like a safe space sometimes. But I think that if you really want to kind of connect with the community and feel like where the true change is happening, where the true work is being done, isn't really through like nonprofits, it feels like right now. Um, I think it's through more like mutual aid and people really trying to directly help each other. I think that there's a kind of an air right now of not being able to really rely on the institutions that we have to take care of each other. We can rely on those, but we also need other tools. And um, sometimes those other tools are just like directly helping each other through direct action and mutual aid. So that at least has been really helpful for me. As like a journalist, I watch the legislature and like different like political news and stuff like that. And it can be a real downer, but it's helpful to get involved and like kind of feel like just remember that there is change and work that's being done, um, but it just might not be where you expect it to come from. Yeah, I had the same experience. Like I've talked about this before about feeling, you know, in the last couple of years, really disconnected and then getting involved with uh, Boise Kitchen Collective or Boise Mutual Aid and meeting a bunch of new people who are also really passionate and and just watching the people in your community help each other out really, really can help you fall back in love with your city, I think, and and fall and and not feel so isolated and kind of like brokenhearted about the changes that are really harming people and affecting people in a lot of ways. So I think that's a great suggestion. Yeah, I would say um, one thing that I do when I just need to like plug back in, right? And we've talked about this a little bit before too, but is just go to something, go see art, whatever yes. it is, mm-hmm. um, and uh, take a friend or go by yourself if you just feel like you just need some time to experience it on your own too. Sometimes that can really, that experience alone is helpful. Go to an alley rep show or BCT play or um, go to a concert, uh, seek out live music that's local. There's definitely a lot here to choose from. And I think I even struggle sometimes to like re-remind myself like, oh yeah, I haven't been to a story story night in a while. I should go and experience what that's like to be in, in an audience with people. And that's just a really important way that I've found to reconnect when I'm feeling a little bit eh, on Boise. Yeah, I think mine, <laughs> I think people don't utilize this enough, but if you're feeling super sick of it here, uh, take a Boise community ed class. Um, people do not realize that like, 
Uh, a lot of the community ed classes are taught by incredibly talented and it, anything. You could take jujitsu. You can take a painting class. You can take a cooking class. Um, when I was a kid, I took like literally every class offered at our neighborhood school that was by us. Uh, and I would just take anything because I was just always like super interested and also bored. So, but I... Even now, I every once in a while, I will just take a community ed classes. Like, you know, I'll take a Spanish language class or I'll take a drawing class. And it's always like you'll meet a bunch of people and the instructors are always like in that Boise way, someone who's like, oh, yeah, you know, I uh, worked on Broadway for three years, but now I'm back here, you know, raising kids or whatever. And so I think that's a really fun way to connect. And they're super cheap. They're usually like, you know, 20 to $70 and like really pretty, pretty accessible for everybody. And um, I just think it's a really it's a really fun way to like uh, meet new people because I think that's some of it, you know, like somewhere as small as Boise, you kind of end up hanging out with the same pocket of people for a lot of your life. And you don't realize like now that we're growing, yeah, there's a lot of cool new people that are here. So, well, OK, what is the one thing? Pick one thing. So you fall in love with someone uh, from out of town. You're trying to convince them to move here. Where is the one place that you take them that they're like, well, I you're right. This is it. I'll start with mine. And it's weird. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you, but this may be a throwback to like the weird goth teenager that I was. Uh, but I have a favorite spot in Boise. And it is the Morris Hill Cemetery. And I know that's a weird pick. Okay. It is pretty. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. super, super pretty to walk around. You can grab, there's a couple coffee shops up there now. You can grab a coffee, walk down, walk around the cemetery. Any season that you're going to experience in Boise at its best, you're going to experience that in the Morris Hill Cemetery. Spring, perfect. Fall, gorgeous. Winter, a little snow on the on the on the graves, perfect. And just walk around respectfully, obviously. But that um, my kids used to go to school right over there, and I used to walk every day. I would walk a loop there, and um, a couple of times, like comedians that were in town with me, I made them come, and they were like, "Why is this the prettiest spot I've ever yeah. been?" <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to take you to a cemetery to convince you to fall in love with Boise. <laughs> um, I'm going to say what you are, you've already mentioned it, but I do think I mean I've done this literally like. Uh, literally every person I've brought to Boise to visit, whether or not I was trying to convince them to move here, but is the Bass Block. And I go to Guernica. We have croquetas. Uh, we have a nice dry white wine or a calimocho. And um, then we walk around in the summer, though. I mean, I would take them to a farmer's market, um, probably the downtown farmer's market. It's just so vibrant. And then you can, you know, hop on the Greenbelt, go for a, a, a ride. So I'm tying it all together, right, once again. But those elements, I mean, the fact that we can do all of those things in one day, that is a unique thing about this city. It feels like still where it's still small enough and compact enough. And yeah, the traffic's getting worse, but it's not as bad. And you can hop on the Greenbelt and get in a, get to a place in like 30 minutes if you're biking uh, or less. And um, that's special. It feels like you can do a lot of things in one day to have a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm probably going to go just down the hill from Emma at the uh, Catherine Albertson um, Park. And so it's just a really peaceful and quiet place. Unfortunately, like the largest like Ponderosa in the state is no longer there. They had like a cross section of that um, trunk that molded and that it's sad that that's no longer there. But there are really quite a few really peaceful, quiet places. Um, and I've had a lot of just like quiet walks by myself in that area that it like it can be really clearing and I just love that you're like in the middle of a city like it's a small city but you're still in the middle of a city and it just feels like you're really 
on your own and then from there might it's not too far of a walk to like go downtown or like go grab a bagel or a coffee or something like that from there all right well thank you both so much and thanks for helping people fall back in love with boise or fall in love with it for the first time thanks emma thanks emma And before you head out, the Idaho Statesman is reporting that the board game Monopoly is making a Boise game board. The company is looking for local icons to take the place of Park Place and Boardwalk. Have a suggestion? We'll put contact info in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Leave us a review and subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with a special episode on how to crush being single in Boise. Bye.